Welcome to the podcast series for the Journal of Neurophysiology. I'm Bill Yates, the Editor-in-Chief of the Journal, and today we're discussing a recently accepted paper entitled Visual Ecology and Potassium Conductances of Insect Photoreceptors. This paper was included in April's APS Select, a collection of the very best original research papers published by the American Physiological Society. Before we begin, let's have our guests introduce themselves. Hi, I'm Patsy Dickinson. I'm a professor of biology and neuroscience at Bowdoin College and an associate editor of the Journal of Neurophysiology. Hi, I'm Roman Frolov from University of Oulu, Finland, and I specialize in ion channels in general and electrophysiology of microvillar photoreceptors in particular. Patsy and Roman, thank you for joining me here today. Roman, your article is included in our collection of articles related to comparative approaches in neurobiology, which focuses on insights that can be achieved by studying the nervous system of non-mammalian species. Some of our listeners may not be familiar with this type of work. Could you provide us with some background about your field of research? Our research developed into two major directions, comparative electrophysiological work on insect photoreceptors in the evolutionary context and more fundamental, deeper studies of the intricate mechanics of photoreceptor function. The problems we address focus on questions how photoreceptor biophysical properties evolve to accommodate for lifestyle and behavior-related needs of the species. That is, we try to establish logical links between the molecular and systems levels. Why do you use insects as your animal model? What are the advantages? Microvillar photoreceptors represent an excellent model of neuron. Each photoreceptor contains tens of thousands of microvilli, each serving as an analog of an excitatory synapse. Remember, a typical neuron has many thousands of synapses with excitatory ones producing excitatory postsynaptic potentials that are shaped very much like voltage bumps generated by the microvillar photoreceptor upon activation of its microvilli by light. But unlike a neuron, we have full control over the total input of a microvillar photoreceptor by using contrast-modulated light stimuli. This allows us to study how information is processed by neurons to determine specific contributions of various involved factors, such as ion channels. And then we have a great diversity of photoreceptors to study with different channel expression phenotypes, uh, or channeloms as we call them. So the questions we study include such problems as whether some combinations of expressed channels are better than others for processing and transferring information under specific conditions, and why is it so? And last but not the least, working with insects, we have no problems with animal permits and all issues related to animal research. Roman, given that the work from your lab had previously shown that diurnal flying insects express mostly the non-activating or slowly activating potassium currents, and then crepuscular and nocturnal insects mostly express rapidly inactivating potassium currents. What was it that actually caused you to go back and look at the potassium channels of a bigger array of insects and also to consider additional aspects of their visual ecology? Actually, it was the cockroach, a big American cockroach, which showed very unusual properties of its photoreceptors. As expected from the early original theory by uh, Matty Wokström, we expected to see large inactivating potassium conductances in these photoreceptors. To our surprise, what we found was large sustained and non-inactivating potassium conductances with very little addition of uh, inactivating transient shaker current. And from this it started. We started to test insect species with uh, different behaviors and visual ecologies. And uh, after seven years of such work, uh, we discussed the fruits of this labor. 
So how much of a trade-off do you think there might be between sensitivity to light and the speed of signaling? And you convincingly argue that the speed of signaling is enhanced by having larger sustained potassium currents, uh, both because they count, they counteract the light-induced depolarization and because they result in a decreased membrane resistance and therefore a decreased time constant. And then going along with that, would you expect to see differences in the light-induced currents across the same range of species? These are two important questions. Fortunately, the first one was extensively studied in vivo using intracellular recordings by several groups. In brief, nocturnal insects with supposition or neural superposition type of eyes always have slower responses and higher absolute sensitivity than their diurnal counterparts. This is a sort of mutually exclusive diurnal nocturnal evolutionary adaptations, and I think in one aspect it goes down to having more extensive light-sensitive membrane in nocturnal animals, and therefore it will lead to high membrane capacity with stronger low-pass filtering. I would like to refer you to the body of work by our co-author Eric Warren and his colleagues from the University of Lund Vision Research Group. Regarding the light-induced currents, I did find strong positive correlations between photoreceptor capacitance and the maximal amplitude of sustained current within four species, but I simply do not have enough data to draw reliable comparisons between species. The experiments were conducted over a span of several years. Our methodology evolved. Recording protocols changed, and while potassium conductance can be measured easily, it is difficult to interpret potassium current results. There is no comparable body of data of, on light-induced currents. As of what I think, then yes, definitely, there must be quite dramatic differences between species and light-induced currents. But these are likely to be qualitative rather than quantitative. Uh, that is not just differences in the absolute amplitudes, but mainly in temporal resolution of these currents. This temporal resolution depends on the number of effective sampling units. Uh, simply put, all the differences we observe in information capacities between species come from the differences in properties of light-induced currents. Roman, I'm intrigued by your uh, findings that the potassium conductances are higher in species with smaller photoreceptors and at the same time that the density of the sustained potassium conductance is a good predictor of, of what you call visual prowess. Does that mean that species with smaller photoreceptors have greater visual prowess? And if so, can you speculate on why this might be? If we look at the species in the article, we will find that habitual flyers like Drosophila, honeybee, the butterfly, the blowfly, they all have photoreceptors with average capacitance values not higher than 100, 130 picofarads while crawlers have higher values, up to 400 picofarads in the cockroach. It could be that it is essential for flyers to have smaller capacitance, since capacitance is one of the two determinants of the membrane filter, the second being momentary resistance, which is mainly determined by potassium conductances. So there could be a natural selection pressure on flyers to develop smaller photoreceptors with reasonably large delayed rectifiers. On the other hand, we cannot expect from the animal to be highly visual just because its photoreceptors are small. Small crawlers usually have small eyes and thin retinas, and I expect they have small photoreceptors as well, simply because of geometrical constraints. We can see from the water strider, for instance, that despite having smaller photoreceptors, it is not particularly visual, and its delayed rectifier is quite small. However, within diptera order, I guess it is safe to claim that among flyers with comparable head and eye sizes, those the smaller photoreceptors are indeed more visual. The correlations that you've shown between visual scores and the density of the sustained potassium conductances seem to be fairly robust. 
Uh, but there was one clear outlier that I noticed, which is Coxica punctata, the water boatman. Uh, do you have any hypotheses to explain why this species has a much higher conductance density than others with similar visual scores? I can only guess. However, considering that our knowledge about this particular bug lifestyle and behavior is not complete, and that my visual scoring system was very imperfect, it's surprising that there is only one such outlier. However, this species is interesting in various aspects. In regard to retina, it has very large photoreceptors, extremely large, the largest that I ever recorded on average. But the absolute sensitivity of these photoreceptors to light is on par with the diurnal water stride. Roman, one last thing. In your paper, you show that there is no correlation between capacitance and sustained conductance within the physiological voltage range for the species that you examine. I would expect this to have profound implications for the filtering of voltage signals, since the effects of increased capacitance are not, in this case, offset by increased conductance. If that is the case, then voltage responses should be low-pass filtered to a greater extent in species with large photoreceptors than in species with small photoreceptors. In turn, this should result in a voltage response that is relatively smaller in amplitude and slower in its onset. And I would expect that this would have profound consequences for synaptic transmission at the first visual synapse. Do you have any ideas or data that could explain how the species with large photoreceptors deal with this problem? And secondly, do you have any evolutionary hypotheses to explain this lack of correlation? This was really interesting finding. And we do not know why potassium current amplitude does not increase as much with increasing photoreceptor size as we observe across the species. Uh, we do not know in detail how rhabdomer of Drosophila differs from the rhabdomer of, let's say, the cockroach. Is it just increasing the number of microvilli uh, or their length and diameter? We need a comparative microscopy study to figure out it properly. This is important since it is believed that delayed rectifier channels are expressed around the base of the microvillus. If microvillus length increases, but diameter stays the same, then delayed rectifier conductance will increase only if the number of microvilli increases concomitantly. However, we're interested what happens with voltage signals. If capacitance increases, but membrane conductance stays the same, then fast elementary responses will become slower and information transfer across the synapse will likely suffer. As our comparative data accumulated, it, it became possible to look at the general patterns. Few of such patterns are presented in the paper we discuss now. Then, when I looked at the average quantum bump amplitudes, currently I have reliable data for t 10 species, and correlated with average capacitance, a pretty strong positive correlation has emerged. The larger the membrane capacitance, the higher the current bump. As a result, most of these 10 species have voltage bumps addressing potential of reasonable amplitude of around 1 millivolt. Uh, how could it happen? I guess, as usual, many mechanisms are involved. Microvillus membrane area might have increased, probably its length. Or the main transduction channel type could have changed, which might actually be one of the main reasons as low amplitude bumps in small photoreceptors photoreceptors are carried out by low conductance TRP channels, while large cockroach bumps are primarily mediated by high-conductance TRP L channels. Or maybe photoreceptors evolved to decrease bo both capacitance and quantum bumps. But in brief, we found a, st a strong pattern of correlation between photoreceptor size and the elementary current bump the photoreceptor produces. The larger the photoreceptor, the larger current bumps we absorb. This obviously helps photoreceptor 
to generate voltage bump of proper amplitude. I'd like to thank our guests for participating in today's discussion of the article, Visual Ecology and Potassium Conductances of Insect Photoreceptors, part of the podcast series for the Journal of Neurophysiology. 